0: Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, hey, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week and show notes are found at 805connect.com. Hey, why don't you subscribe so you don't miss any of our new upcoming episodes. They'll just automatically go to your phone. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services. I want to thank them both for their support and encouragement. And thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio. And to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Ah, good morning, Mark. Patrick, um, I, I want to introduce you to, uh, we've got guests on the phone today, not in the studio. They're calling from the northern part of the 805. I've got Sarah Kies. Did I pronounce that right, Sarah? Sarah Keys. Sarah Keys. There we go. And Haley Pavone. Did I get that one right, Haley?
1: Or? Pavone. But very. Close. Pavone.
0: So see there, I'm I'm 0 for two. That's how we like to start our Fridays. Yeah. So um, so ladies, you um, were introduced to us by our good friends up at Cal Poly, um, at the um, Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship as winners. Of a recent elevator pitch competition, Sarah, why don't you tell us what? And well, tell us what an elevator pitch competition is, and then for the listener who may not have ever heard what an elevator pitch is, tell us about that.
2: Sure. Yeah. So when I first heard about an elevator pitch, I was very confused. I had never heard the term, um, but they explained it to me. The Econ Club that I'm part of um, that it's essentially a a little sit down, or you stand up on a stage, as in the case that Haley and I did, um, and you give a, about a ninety-second spiel about a product or a design, and you're up there alone, <laughs> and you're selling an idea to a group of investors, or in this case, judges, and then a small audience. So it's a little nerve-wracking, um, but it's really, it's really, really quite fun.
0: And so, when was the competition?
2: Um, shoot, I just say, recently,
0: right? It was just like yeah, last month or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The exact day.
0: Is oh, that coming, doesn't, that doesn't matter. Someone's listening November, to this. November it's 9th, spring. Obviously. There we go. No- oh, perfect.
3: Thank you, Haley. <laughs> November. <9th>. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. And, um, so how, so Haley, uh, you presented as well was, um, would you use the word nerve wracking as well?
1: Of <laughs> I mean, anytime, anytime you're getting up on a stage, you know, as an individual, particularly as a student doing something like this for the first time, and you're in front of a board of four successful, you know, entrepreneurs in their own right who are all judging you to see how good you are and... I mean, I'm an entrepreneurship major, so this is kind of what I want to do with my life. So it's like, oh, well, here's, the, here's the dry run of everything you'll be doing for the remainder of your professional career. <laughs> Hopefully you'll do well. Um, so, yeah, de- definitely nerve-wracking. But it was, it was also a really exciting and exhilarating experience for sure. It's,
0: it's also nice to win. How, how many comp- competitors were there, Sarah?
2: There were 10, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so there were four of us from Cuesta, and then the remaining six were from Cal Poly.
0: Got it. Oh my gosh. That's now, so you said you're in, and Sarah, you said you're in an econ club. Tell me about that.
2: Yeah. So I'm actually an econ major. Yep. Um, it, yeah, I'm not a business major actually. Um, but, uh, this club is kind of founded by my friend Jax and then, um, Tanya Dowding, who is our instructor. And it's just a group of us girls who just love to, you know, get involved in stuff. Um, and we are kind of tired of, you know, the apathetic student who didn't want to, you know, do anything essentially um but we all get together and we either you know plan meetings or trips and recently we went to the federal reserve actually and kind of got to hear some really cool oh, speakers wow. up there yeah which so just really awesome and so when tanya mentioned this opportunity all of us were like oh, okay yeah and then she started telling us about it and about the you know on stage, and memorizing a 90 second little spiel, we all started getting really nervous. We started looking at our schedules, and we're like, "Oh, well, maybe we don't have time for this." <laughs> She's like, "No, no, no, guys, you've got a great, you've got a great chance. You know, it's only 90 seconds." And then she proceeded to tell us, you know, how much you could actually embarrass yourself in 90 seconds, and convince us that it really wasn't that much. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, Madison Avenue can cram a lot into a thirty-second spot. So, as you learned, uh, you know, you, you say everything you're going to say, and then either you still have fifteen seconds to go, or uh, you're like, "Oh, now what do I do?" Now, um, uh, Haley, did you was this a solo effort, or was, was is there a team behind your idea? We're going to get to the ideas in a little bit, but was there a team, and you just represented the team, or are you the lone ranger?
1: Well, it's, it's actually an interesting situation. So I initially entered the competition. There's technically three rounds. Uh, you start out by submitting a video and then move on to the semis and then eventually the finals that had the last 10 contestants. So this is a very new company for me. And when I applied initially with the video, it was just myself. Uh, But then, in the time span of the company unfolding, I actually ended up signing on a co-founder to head up the technical effort um, behind the company. So now, by the time I was doing the live event, I was representing a team. But when I started out, it was just me. So it's kind of been a an evolution (laughs) along with the competition as far as the company is concerned.
0: Sarah, tell me about um, tell me a story about making your video. How freaked out were you in doing that?
2: So. Cuesta did it bears a little backwards, you could say. Um, the information we got um, came in a little differently. Um, and so by the time we had heard about it, we were like less than a month away. Hmm. <laughs> and so they, they kind of went from the video part. And we just had live auditions, which was much more casual than it sounds. Um, we, with Gayla, and she was fantastic and just very easygoing and understanding that we were very nervous Um and she had to stand up and just kind of give a little speech, so but she wasn't super concerned about it being, you know, absolutely perfect. Huh. Um, and so we didn't actually have to make the video part. Um, one, I think one of the people from Cuesta did, um, but me and two of my friends who, you know, were part of the e-club, we, we did actually. Um, when we entered in. We had actually no idea that this was the final, final round. We were um, a little bit at a disadvantage at that point. And so, by the time we walked into the room with everyone else, we were talking to people. And they're like, "Oh, well, you know, congratulations you're making it to the finals for like the so you're like, what? Oh no! <laughs> like we thought this was just for fun.
0: <laughs> so Haley, tell me about making your video.
1: Making the video, I. I was, unfortunately for me, the video making time came right smack in the middle of my midterm season. Oh, of course. Uh, so yes, I actually right. made my video, huh? Okay. Right. Right when you have a lot of time. Yeah. Oh, yes. So I ended up making my video, I'd say about 24 hours before the submission <laughs> was due. Um, and I just sat down in my apartment and I, I'd had a rough idea of what I wanted my pitch to be. I'd just been kind of running it over in my head for a couple days and I'd written something down and... So actually, the first round video I made, I crammed an unbelievable amount of information into 90 seconds. It's kind of incredible. But I was talking so fast in the video that when I sent it to a friend of mine to review, he's like, I have no idea what you just talked about. <laughs> like, it's incredible you got all that out there, but I have no clue what was going on. So I ended up doing some revisions and cutting a decent amount of information out of the pitch. And then once I got down to a final version that I could say in an understandable Pace and you know fit comfortably into the time zone I just recorded a little video in my apartment and sent it in and hope for the best and yeah it was it was a really very laid-back experience like that was probably the easiest part of the whole process but it was definitely a cool kind of a cool way to get my toes in the water for this whole situation
0: the use the use of a video to um, be the kind of the first gate Get through the first gate seems to be very popular. You know, Patrick, we do that for TEDx. Mm-hmm. So we have speakers who want to submit have to give us. They have it's one minute though, give us one minute so we can get a sense of their stage presence and what their idea worth spreading is. In fact, uh, just this morning was the deadline for TED Global in Africa, and we have uh, <laughs> one of Kimberly's clients is um, we had to coach her up for get this ladies two weeks on the script to prepare a one minute video to get on to the Ted global stage. So talk, there, there was no pressure there. Right. At all. So, <laughs> um, so, t- so, um, I want Sarah, tell me about the idea. And you only have 90 seconds. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: oh, no. Sarah, you have as much time as you need. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> good, good, good. I remember about half of my speech thus far and it's a little spotty at points. Um, but my idea is the Breathe Band. Um, so, ironically, I'm actually not allergic to anything. Breathe <laughs> breathe, have,
0: as in uh, breathing air?
2: Yes. That, that's the name of, of, of the product, Breathe Got Band. It. Got um, it. But, essentially, it, it takes the idea of an EpiPen, um, which holds epinephrine, and for the anaphylactic shock because you've gotten stung by a bee or you've eaten a nut mm. um, that you're highly allergic to, your throat will start to close up, um, and it goes... You know, hyperallergic reaction where if you don't get the help you need or you don't get the medicine and you're not taken to the hospital immediately, you can die. Um, so it's, it's kind of a it's, it's a big deal, yeah. That. Yeah, it's it's life and death. <laughs> um, not to put it lightly. Um, and so a lot of people are supposed to carry epipens, which allows them, you know, to inject the epinephrine um, in their body, you know, through their, I believe, their thigh um, is the most common, right? Yeah, um, just to kind of get it in the bloodstream really fast. Um, but a lot of people don't because it's a giant, like seven inch, thick, chunky little pin that you carry around in this little case. And if you're going on a hike or you're, you know, going dancing or something, it's just, it's really not something you want to bring around. I think a lot of people weigh the odds in their brains um, and say, you know, well, I'm going to go dancing. What, at the, the chance that I actually, you know, get stung by a bee there, I'll probably be fine. You know, I don't want to stuff it in my boot or, you know, in my dress. And so people will forget them at home, just uh-huh. leave them, um, because they, they honestly don't think that the chance of that happening, you know, it, it, it's worth it, um, which I find really scary personally. Um, and so, I, you know, we were searching through ideas um, after we'd heard about the elevator pitch, and my first idea was a complete flop. Um, <laughs> found out it totally existed already. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I should probably try and think of something that's useful and I, ideally something that's, you know, meaningful that could really help people. Um, and so I was, you know, searching, and then it kind of, you know, you know I can't say it was me, but popped into my head. Um, and it's the idea that if you put an EpiPen essentially into a bracelet form, um, you'd be able to allow people to wear it and bring it with them without having to carry it. And it's really not that, like, big of a switch over, in my opinion, Um because all of a sudden, you're not carrying something. You're way more willing to bring it with you. It's just less of an inconvenience. Or you can hook it on your belt buckle. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, but there are a few design things that are still obviously in progress. Um, and I don't have a company name as much as I believe Haley has a, a full company name thus far. And her um, is currently organized because hers is more of a product than mine is. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs>
0: So, so the way I get it is, um, and I love the idea, so it's it's a wearable tech, right? So it's uh, yeah, and it's there's probably an opportunity for it to be smart tech as well. So there are some interesting challenges which are, um how do you uh, how do you hide the needle? Um, that would be one. <laughs> that's just kind of an obvious one.
3: I like when somebody presents an idea because my brain immediately goes to the to the the design side of it where I'm like, oh, okay well, we could just have like a retractable needle that you, you could initiate through and it's like that's not that's that's no,
0: because the other question is, well, does it come in gold and silver that or is a, rose? That's a much better question. Right. Much better that, question. That's the other one. Because, and I could imagine, you know, you just, you know, if you're back to your dancing and I'm flailing around and I slap <laughs> myself in the thigh, and go, oh my God, I just injected myself. Uh, but this, you know, here's what's interesting to me is that a lot of times it's someone there, there was uh, someone in their life that got stung by a bee. You know, a younger brother, and you remember that. And and it was like, God, if I could, if he would have just had an epipen, he wouldn't have. Uh, you know, we could have avoided the whole hospital situation or something like that. But in your case, it was no. Uh, I'm an economics major, and there's this opportunity, so I'm going to go look for an idea. I'm curious, Sarah. Did you? Have a well, you know a short list of ideas that you went through, and w- what was it that got you passionate about this one?
2: Um, to be honest, my first idea was a uh, key finder, like a homing device, oh, um, yeah. and I. I discovered it while you know taking a shower. The ultimate, you know, ah, <laughs> and then I got off, you know, and I, I looked it up, and it had already been invented. And I was like, oh darn! Like that would have been perfect because my last name's Keys, and I was like, oh, I had a whole slogan going. I mean, <laughs> it all planned out in like thirty seconds. Should have been a marketing I was really major, pumped. yeah. <laughs> and so then I was like, okay, well, I can think of something else. And and my whole deal with this, you know, whole being part of the pitch project is. I was only doing it for fun, and um, to be completely honest, half the reason I was doing it is out of peer pressure because my friends were doing it, (laughs) Uh. and so I was like, I'm not going to do it unless I have a good idea, and so unless I fully feel confident in going up there and giving an idea, I will all back out, and so part of me felt like, well, I should give it a good faith effort. I should really try and think of something, you know, worthwhile, Um, otherwise I'm just, you know, deciding off the bat that I don't really care about this.
0: Um, well we should tell our listener that you won the competition so oh. so the, the Haley you,
2: and I did yeah yeah you
0: both so the the four uh, entrepreneurs thought it was a, a serious idea so uh, I want to get back to what's next for you but I want to go Haley um tell us I want to hear about the birthplace of your idea because you know you're now are you with the um hothouse that's the entrepreneur program up there
1: I'm not with the hot house yet. Uh, the hot house is kind of the summer accelerator that Cal Poly runs, so I'll hopefully be in it uh, okay, coming up it. in June. Got it. But right now I'm in the hatchery program, which is kind of the <sighs> initial step during the school year for customer development and beginning prototyping going into the hot house. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of on that track as of right now.
0: We've had Judy um, on Judy from the hot on the show. Uh, in one of our earlier episodes, for those who would like to know more about what's going on in the, up in San Luis Obispo in this area, so you have the hatchery, so you're in that program, and was the similar thing where you heard about this competition? He said we need I need to come up with a great idea, or you had the great idea already.
1: I Well, this is something I've definitely been working on for a while. So the competition was kind of just an opportunity I saw to advance uh, it and hopefully yes. get some potential funding. But it's, it's something I've had in mind uh, for quite some time. The, the official birthplace of it is kind of a funny story. So my company, to give people a general background, it's called Passion Footwear. And it's spelled P-A-S-H-I-O-N. So it stands for Practical Fashion. So oh, practical like Fashion that. Footwear. Okay. Oh, thank you. I thought it was kind of catchy. Um, so the, uh, basically, what we are working on creating is the world's first fully convertible heel. So what that means is we're making basically a standard stiletto heel shoe, except the main difference is the heel and the platform actually completely detach, allowing the shoe to fold into a sandal. And when I, you know, I think this will be a really practical solution to the stiletto associated pains various injuries and just the overall general inconvenience that fashion conscious women, either, you know, going to work or going out sure. to events feel all the time. I mean, you know, it's, it's, not, and it's not uncommon for women to go out in heels because they want to wear them and they're fun and then they feel trapped in these shoes or end up running around barefoot, which is actually where my inspiration came from. I was at my sorority formal last spring and I really wanted to go dance, but I had these, you know, massive six inch heels on and they were, Killing my feet, and there was no way I was going to be able to dominate the dance floor to my usual expectation with these things on. <laughs> I love so I that dominate the
0: dance floor.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I like to I like to tear it up when I'm out there. So I needed I needed to I have a reputation to uphold. So I took my took my shoes off and you know just went out there barefoot, which is what the majority of the girls do. But one of my friends, you know, by no fault of her own, but she still had her stilettos on. And I was really into wearing toe rings back then, actually. And somehow in a freak accident, her stiletto, the ballpoint of the, the tip of the heel somehow managed to just nail my toe ring at just the right angle. It actually impaled my toe.
3: Oh, my gosh. Um,
1: and phys- physically entered my foot. And I'm sitting there on the side of the dance floor, like crying this toe ring out of my foot thinking to myself, oh. so this. It sucks. Like, there should be a different way to go about this because it's really the more you think about it, having girls running around without any shoes on, you know, in multi terrain environments. I mean, I've seen girls, you know, get splinters if they're walking down the pier barefoot or, you know, you're stepping on rocks or you're, at the best case scenario, your feet just end up getting filthy. And I was just thinking, you know, this is something I've seen women struggle with time and time again. I'm sure it's probably a bigger problem than even I've seen just in my limited sorority exposure to the issue. And so I started researching it and just realized that there's definitely a big market base out there for it. And so I got started working on it towards the end of spring quarter last year and then applied to the hatchery with it uh, right at the beginning of fall quarter this year. And I've just been kind of running with it since then. And I saw the elevator pitch competition as a, a good pathway for me to kind of get initial exposure in the area and hopefully get some money, which worked out. So it was a it was a very good opportunity for me. You know,
0: I'm thinking of my wife and her closet of uh, heels that are <laughs> at least, whatever you said, six inches. They feel like they're a foot tall, but I... Um, <laughs> You know, I, and I was just in New York last week, Patrick, and, mm-hmm. and I, I love getting on the subway. I, it's some weird thing. I just love being on the subway crammed with a bunch of people. But I notice <clears throat> that most of the professional women are in flats and mm-hmm. they've got a big bag with them. And, you know, they've got those killer heels uh, in that. So it's the kind of thing that uh, would work in, in a commuter environment, I would think, right? Not oh, just definitely. for the dance I mean, floor. Was-
1: yeah. I mean, that was another thing that I actually took note of is when I was home over the summer, um, My I lived just outside of San Francisco and my family and I were taking the ferry in to go get brunch. And we noticed the exact same thing is women, you know, commuting, going to work. They're all wearing tennis shoes with these really nice work outfits. And we were like, what is this about? And sure enough, you know, the second they get off the ferry, they pop these heels on and walk the five yards into their office. But yeah I mean this is it's a wide scale problem. pretty much anywhere that women wear heels regularly, they're gonna run into this issue and right now the only real solutions are either to suffer through it or bring an extra pair of shoes with you, which is super inconvenient. I mean they're hauling around these huge bags for pretty much no reason. It's mostly just to hold the shoes or to like I said go barefoot, which in a professional environment isn't even an option so it's it's definitely an area that needs some improvement. <laughs>
0: so you probably this is also a tsa approved shoe then right
1: oh well not not yet uh we will hopefully get to that point
0: (laughs) so sarah now now that you've won and you've accidentally backed into being an entrepreneur uh, (laughs) which it sounds like i mean it's the peer pressure is, is that enough to get you to you know get a designer and start looking at what it would really take to build this out do you have you got the startup bug in you now
2: you know so it was actually your you know email about wanting to be on the show that made me realize that you know maybe this actually was supposed to go somewhere <clears throat> so i actually contacted a ochem professor um at my school just recently and i talked to her two days ago and i was asking her i was like so you know is there any you know chemical reason why this can't work can you please let me know if there's you know you know the makeup i can't do this or you know i'm I took one semester of chemistry, so I really had no idea. <laughs> and she was like, you know, it, it, it looks like the formulas, you know, you would just stick with the same thing. It's mainly a product design issue.
0: Right. And so
2: that actually gave me a lot more hope because if it was a chemical issue um, with, you know, the solution of some kind, I was way more lost um, and had no direction in which to take this, but as long as it's a product design issue, I feel I'm a lot more um, able to, you know, navigate that and hire someone like Patrick, who clearly has already (laughs) some design ideas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Patrick, you're now a product designer.
3: Yeah, no, I I just, I... (laughs) I, I, I did in my head do a quick sketch when you described this and I thought I thought ah that's I bet everybody's doing that quick sketch in their head right now and it's 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 I, I think it's a it's a perfectly attractive idea that makes makes um, you know as wearable tech becomes more and more of a yep. conversation. Yep. Uh, You could you could not just limit this. I mean, as as people are wearing diabetes, uh, insulin pumps, you know, I mean, like it's it's a very acceptable conversation, but then also attached to it, the idea of like, well, not just EpiPens, but I mean, like you can, you know, broaden your your brand significantly and add, you know, many different kinds of emergency medications into it. Glycerin, for one, would, would be one I would think of or, you know, for heart medication or other things like that. So, yeah, no, I mean, a brilliant idea. Keep going with it.
0: There was um, out at the TMP program at UCSB, which is the Technology Management Program. They have a similar um, kind of—it's not a pitch, but it's—I mean—it's a full product uh, showcase that they have a trade show, and they showed a tech at the early one last year, Patrick. That was—it um, was a wristband, but what it did was it measured your blood alcohol level through a sensor. Uh, And and your sweat. And so it was so that you would know that, okay, that last drink you had should be the last drink you have and you're fine. And as it's turned out, we saw the early versions of that and they won the overall competition for the whole year and are going to go into production on that. So um, Sarah, that there might be a, a connection for you there with the UCSB folks. to uh, just wow, to learn awesome. a little bit. Yeah, so drop me a note and I'll I'll connect you with those folks. So Yeah, hey, I'm actually applying
2: hmm. there. <laughs> oh,
0: you're gonna be a gaucho? We'll see. We'll,
2: we'll see where I get in, but maybe
0: <laughs> well, well well good luck to you. The the T M P is pretty amazing. But um, and you know it's also cross disciplinary, so you could be an econ major and be in that program. Wow.
3: I, I know we're volleying back and forth here, but I want to know how you guys um, picked your or found the departments and the majors that you headed into. Like, how did, like, Haley, how did you end up where you're at in at school? Was that always the dream? How
1: did I pick, how did I pick my major? I'm sorry, I was having a hard time hearing just then. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. How did you pick your major? How did you arrive uh, in your department?
1: Oh, cool. Um, okay, so. I've always known that I wanted to go into entrepreneurship in some way or another. The question is always just kind of, what's the idea that I'm going to run with? Uh, I think it comes a lot from both of my parents are entrepreneurs in their own right. So I've just kind of grown up really having an appreciation for kind of running your own company and obviously having control over your schedule and kind of just the lifestyle perks of running your own business. And then I've I've always just had a big passion for creating my own things I've always said you know if I felt more mathematically inclined I've never been a big math person I would have loved to be an architect I just really like the idea of creating things and product designs obviously you know very much very has a lot of similarities to that and just it's a nice crossover for me between technical execution and creativity so I just have always seen it as just the perfect like all-encompassing stimulating job and like I said knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur but didn't know what idea that would kind of what path that would take me down so as I was looking into schools um, I obviously loved Cal Poly when I came here was immediately interested in the business program and what's really cool and kind of unique about this school is we all come in with majors from the get-go you're not allowed to apply as undeclared yeah so I kind of dove right in and for a while I was kind of stuck between marketing and entrepreneurship as my concentration I didn't really know which way to go but, since I got to come in and start taking business classes right away, it gave me those first two years to just kind of try everything out and take different courses in different disciplines and Over time, I just realized that entrepreneurship was definitely the route for me and i've I've loved it i mean i I really enjoy what I do, so I just think it's so interesting
0: uh, It's interesting i mean there's there's like four different threads there, right. <laughs> Um, yeah
1: and, it, it all kind of comes full circle was, uh, and your third year right yes I'm a I'm a junior
0: and it what's interesting when you're wearing the only hat but I mean you've brought on to some other folks I mean you start to see that but having a good understanding of the having good business roots understanding the marketing but also a sense of the product design aspect and then also loving to make things. I I might suggest, I'm thinking of two podcasts we did. One was with Ravi of RKS Design, uh, one of the top designers in the region. And then with um, Dane Howard, who uh, talks about design thinking. And he was a lead designer up at Microsoft. He's done a ton of products. we had a good, a really great show. You can find those on eight hundred five connect com. You can find either one of those two, uh, but they're they're really interesting. So you might want to listen to those because when you're thinking about uh, how you take this idea, which you now have validated, someone paid you, you won a competition. <laughs> so that's that is that's serious. I mean that that's uh, the only the only one that's better than that is if you actually have a customer. Uh, but from a validation point of view. But getting from idea to a a workable business that is all the other, the 99 other things you have to do, um, that's where we'll um, we'll see. Do you have the you know the passion and the fortitude? Because it really takes a lot to get to that point. Um, and so, with with that being said. Um, I'm curious what the conversations around the holiday table are gonna be like uh, with the families. Um, Haley, I get it with your folks being entrepreneurs. they're going to uh, be super supportive. And Sarah, what what did your folks say when you called and told them you won
2: <laughs> So it's actually quite a funny story um, So I, I'm not a big like, oh, you know, like I, I wasn't sure if I was gonna do very well to be honest. Um, I thought I was definitely gonna. Like stop and midpoint, just forget everything I had to say. And so I was actually really nervous about them coming originally. Um, But they're like, oh no, we'll come. And my sister who lives in Washington happened to be in town. And they're like, oh no, we'll bring Gabby. It'll be great. Um, And so they showed up and they they watched it and they're like, oh yeah, it was good, it was good. You know, which is probably them just being really nice. (laughs) And then they actually decided that they are going to leave right after they voted. So they left. And then I got a call a little bit later and they're like, oh, our, our cart had a little bit of issues we were pulled off the side of the road just right down the road and i was like okay well i'll be down there you know in like a half an hour and so by the time i got down there uh, we were figuring out car situations they were like oh so how did it go i was like oh uh i won <laughs> they're like no we missed it <laughs> so they were they were really excited but it was it was quite a humorous little event um i'd say they're very supportive but at the same time um it's, it's an interesting dynamic because I'm not an entrepreneurship major and I'm not a business major, um, so I definitely never saw this blessing coming my way, to be sure. Right. Um, I want to go to law school eventually, so it's kind ah. of a different path altogether. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at the same point, I, I've told them, like, hey, if, this is, if it's a, an idea that can actually go somewhere, I'm all about helping people. That's like my main goal in life, essentially. Um, so if I can do that through this, perfect. If I can do that through law school, Perfect. Either way really works for me, and or both, preferably. Um, so it, it kind of just depends. I think with my product, um, there's a lot of, you know, technical FDA approval with you know large checks that need to be written in, which I don't, you know, I'm not able to contribute in that way. So there's there's definitely some some issues. Which I have a very logical family, and they they pointed out on time <laughs> to time. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I know it's all through love and they want me to, you know, do the best I can do.
0: Patrick, I'm thinking that five years from now when we invite Sarah back to the show uh, <laughs> and she's got a successful book titled Accidental Entrepreneur.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> Why not? We're, we're, you know, we're going to hear. And it was that uh, that competition and the peer pressure that because we, we like to on the show. Uh, understand what you might call the creation myth, or that inflection point in your life where it all changed, and we're, you know, usually talking to people in their, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, and they're looking back on this thing that's happening to you right now uh, as the potential, like, there's that fork in the road. Do I do I take that fork? Um, I'm. I'm also thinking of someone who was one of the early success stories uh, at UCSB and the TEMP program. She figured her thing was um, portable oxygen. Patrick, hmm. they figured out how to make oxygen co- truly portable, hmm. uh, and uh, that company is now ten years old. It's they've you know hundreds of millions of dollars I mean it's a seriously very big success
3: I just love a competition that has two contestants that that, that walked away successfully you know as, as, as deemed winners who came to it in kind of those, those opposite directions I think mm. you know Haley planning very far ahead and anticipating and working really hard um, and, and, and then also, Sarah, not knowing what she was getting into. I think those two, having, <laughs> having an embracing of both, both uh, methods of, of getting something done, I think is, is really vital when it comes to finding the best idea. When we're looking for the best idea, uh, we should be worried most about the best idea, and not necessarily about uh, you know all of the latter steps that you have to do to get to it. Mm-hmm. There should be multiple. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there should be multiple entrances to the to, to the the room. You know, uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't insist that uh, you know you didn't dot your i, so I don't want to hear it. You know.
0: Yeah, there's and there. You know, if we look around just here in the region. There are nine of these types of competitions. Uh, It's very uh, very popular now as a way to... um, Maybe it's the reality show craze.
3: Haley, are you going to do that? Are you going to take your idea and shop it around to a few other competitions? Do you think about that?
1: Go around to other competitions? Sure. That was something... Other pitch competitions weren't on my radar. Um, I'm definitely applying to the Cal Poly Innovation Quest competition coming Good. up next quarter. Good. I don't have you. Are you guys familiar with that competition?
0: Uh, we're we when 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 you win that one, we're going to have you back on the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. So I'm I'm applying to that one. Um, so I think that's that's a pretty intensive competition. It's basically a, a whole pitch of an entire business plan. So that wow. one will probably take the entire of the quarter, the entirety of the quarter to kind of prepare for and execute. So I, I haven't been looking too much into other pitch competitions at this point, but I'm I'm certainly open to it. I mean, if I come across an opportunity, I'm always open to take whatever comes my way if I think it'll help. So keeping my eyes open, but yeah, for right now, putting most of my resources into that um, innovation quest competition.
0: You know, and, and then figuring out there's a. There's a guy in Santa Barbara, I want to get him on the show, a guy named uh, Frank Robinson. Who's a, he's the guy who invented the idea of what we now call the minimal viable product, the MVP. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you, Sarah and Haley, if you've heard of MVP. So they'll say, so what's your MVP? Meaning what's the least amount that you can do to get your thing into, into the market? And
3: mm. What if yeah, Frank were yeah, listening yeah. right yeah. now?
0: Frank would love me because I was his seventh client 30 years ago. And when he said, don't, his, and you're at exactly the right, right place. And the reason I bring it up is to go out and validate that, in fact, there are customers who would be willing to pay for this before you actually build it. And he would say, you know, you want to go out and, um, you know haley in your your situation go and talk to you know a hundred women and find out uh, ask them at show be able to show them it could just be pictures drawings of what you want to do and when you stop getting any new questions when you're able to effectively ask, answer all their questions like, can I get it in brown? Can I get it in leather? Can I get it, you know, what? <laughs> all of those things when you get no new questions uh, then and only then and, in fact, having them say, yes, I will buy a pair when they're ready. Sarah, same, same with you when you've gone through all of that. It's it's at that point. He, so he says, uh, sell it first, then design it and build it,
3: <laughs>
0: which is,
2: which oh, is, yeah. A, right? Yeah, so definitely. You,
3: Right, so you'd want to do that. I want to have a new competition for the naming of the show. Oh, really? Between, between our two guests, I think. So I, 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 this is usually Mark's bit, but I'm going to take over right now. Um, usually at the end of the show, um, we ask the guests to come up with a name for our show, or This for this episode, this episode. so that uh, when it's in the list, people scrolling down will see it and go, oh, hey, I want to I hear from these, these, uh, these two young entrepreneurs. So uh, between the two of you, and we'll give you just a few seconds, what do you think we should name the show?
1: And you wanted to have like an entrepreneurial theme.
3: Yeah, sure.
1: Sure. Okay.
0: There's <laughs> no constraints other than it's uh, five to seven words, and this is how people will, if they Google this, this episode would come up.
2: Just off the top of my head, um, I mean, I'll just throw out a couple that way. There's, you know, no hard feelings, <clears throat> but companies on the rise. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's that's the only one I have at the moment. But
1: (laughs) Haley, come on. I'm trying. Okay, so it's it's eight oh eight oh five connect currently, right?
0: Eight oh five conversations. Yes.
1: Conversations. Okay. Well, I mean, if it's if it has an entrepreneurial focus, I love things that rhyme. I would do eight oh five the drive, just because I think so much of the entrepreneurial mindset is about you know having that drive and obviously hitting the grind and. You know, getting out there and hitting the streets with whatever your idea is, and so I kind of like eight oh five the drive. It's, it's got a nice ring to it.
3: Excellent. We'll see. We'll see which one of those wins uh, when the podcast gets released sometime next week. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> oh, are thank you. you s- do a poll? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, well, we'll
0: we'll we'll check that with our um, our uh, high price consultants that uh, do such things. Uh, that's the fun part because. What will happen is uh, the show will get done, and we'll put it out there, and you'll send it uh, out to your networks, and uh, the school will send it out to their networks, and it will, of course, go to our 42 countries, so people in uh, Israel and Finland and…
3: Venezuela. Yes,
0: Venezuela, though I've been reading about Venezuela and I think they got other things to worry about than the latest podcast from us. Um, But they will um, they'll come in and see the show. And then what typically happens is they fall in love with the show and they want to look at other episodes, like what else is there? And they go scrolling through the list. So that's why we like um, uh, Sarah. uh, You'll or. Haley, you'll appreciate this. They like tantalizing titles. <laughs> so they they like things that, that uh, have either alliteration or rhyming. So thank you so much. We wish the both of you so much uh, success. And please um, keep us uh, apprised of how things go and drop us notes. Uh, and then I'll, we'll update the page. And then we'll make links to if you have, you know, one, once you get um, – of course, we're so far ahead of having web pages and those kinds of things. But once you get those things, let us know so we can update the episode and, and keep the listeners apprised.
2: Yeah, awesome. Thank
1: you so much for having us on the show. Yes, thank
0: you. This has been really fun. <laughs> Yay. Well, there you go. We should have fun on Friday. So I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. And our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great place to have these fascinating conversations. You know, Patrick, someone said to me, how is... Patrick and Polstering Aligned. Mm. You, you are Polstering Press. And so uh, our listeners were kind of thought they were two different things. Oh,
3: right. No, yeah. So uh, my partner Raymond Douglas and I run Polstering Press and we do all sorts of publications and uh, print media and various different projects. And uh, one of our projects is to operate a fully functioning podcast studio here in Santa Barbara, California, one of the only uh, recording studios dedicated primarily to podcasts. So uh, if you are looking to create a podcast of your own, uh, check check in with Posting Press and uh, chat with me and uh, we can possibly set up some opportunity.
0: I'm sure we can I'm sure that will happen. If you're interested in partnering with this podcast and helping us with our mission, just drop us a note to partner at 805connect.com. Patrick, so someone who's listened to the very end.
3: Yes, thank you. How can?
0: Yeah. Thank you for listening yeah, all let's the way to. let just say the end.
3: thanks. Um, well, how can they help our podcast? Uh, and this this podcast specifically would be a rate, write, review. Uh, give us those uh, that information that then allows other people to understand why this uh, podcast is important to you. Grab their phones, uh, get them to subscribe. But maybe uh, helping this podcast even more on a, on a grander scheme would be to uh, take those young women in your life and tell them that they too can be entrepreneurs and get them involved in the kind that. of uh, situations that our two guests today, Haley and Sarah, were involved in. And and uh, push them into uh, into a world that uh, that they should be in.
0: I love that. Um, I yes, Patrick. Yeah, definitely. I, <laughs> yeah. I had someone. We
1: need someone,
0: more women entrepreneurs. <laughs> oh God. for oh, uh, sure. That we should do a women in tech uh, uh, episode. Uh, I did get a letter from someone last week who said, "I want to give you a review, but I don't know how to do it." <laughs> Seriously, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go figure out how to do this." So just so you know, if you're still listening. <laughs> Go to iTunes. When you find 805 uh, Conversations, you'll see the word reviews. You click that, and you can see all the reviews. (laughs) And then there's a little link that just you click it, it says write a review. It's it's really that simple. But, you know, I went through that exercise just to make sure, and I, I sent him a little note and thanked him. I would love to hear from you if you also have a question or an idea for a guest for an upcoming show. You can drop me a line at mark at 805connect.com. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.